Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. Welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the flight attendants, from the pilots, and because I'm an avid traveler, I bring you stories from traveling around the world. I just got back from Honduras. Nice little trip to a beautiful island called Roatan in the Caribbean in Honduras. Great, nice little getaway trip, but I am back now, and I'm back with a new episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. This episode is called Lightning and Bombshells. I have a bombshell story to start off with, and then the middle of this episode is chock full of lightning stories. I've been asking mainly pilots if they'd been struck by lightning. I personally have never been struck by lightning in the aircraft and have a certain curiosity about it, like hearing those stories just for the drama of it. And surprisingly, quite a few of these lightning stories are actually funny. <laughs> Who would have thought? So we're going to start off with the bombshell story, then all the lightning stories, and then at the end of the episode, I have what I consider a bombshell announcement, at least something I'm very excited about. So we'll get to that at the end. So let's start off with the first bombshell. Lightning strikes once in a lifetime for you. Recently on a trip, one of my flight attendant co-workers was pulled aside by the TSA because of a suspicious reading on their testing machine. Well, it tested fully positive for TNT, and because of that, her bag had to be fully searched, taking about 20-25 minutes. The moral of the story is be careful what you pack. It was a glycerin suppository whose chemical makeup was very similar to TNT. Which is a little scary. A little bit scary. So we didn't want to come up with a incriminating nickname for her. So her name for the rest of the trip was the Blonde Bombshell. <laughs> when I was very young, I thought I was the only one who didn't know where I began. 
Nothing's beautiful, you say All you gotta do is wait And it will hit you Cause you know That lightning strikes Okay, I'm flying downwind in Salt Lake City Nighttime, about 11,000 feet It's dark outside The radio starts going staticky Which means we're getting into a lot of precipitation Where lightning's possible And all of a sudden and a huge explosion. Sounds like a bomb just went off in the cockpit. The bolt of lightning hits the front of the nose about three feet in front of us. What kind of airplane was it? Uh, seven, either a 757 or a 767. We're, we flew both of them. So it was so bright and it was so loud. The only thing I could think of is maybe my windshield was blown apart. So I kept my eyes closed until I knew that the wind wasn't hitting my face, in case it did blow the windshield. Open up my eyes and all I could see is all these funky colors like you stared into the sun too long. So we had to turn our thunderstorm lights on, make it bright in here, get the eyes adjusted. Tower had its turn base. It kicked off uh, the auto throttles, the speed started coming back, some lights were flickering, we got everything back on. And we just said that if the airplane or the eyes weren't good enough, we would just go around and wait till our eyes were adjusted again or make sure we had the airplane, you know, back to normal. So we turned base, turned final, got the eyesight back, and we landed. And we taxi in, get up, get at the gate. Everybody's getting off the airplane, and they all said they thought that the airplane was blowing up. Well... There's a lot of people who are getting off towards the back of the airplane, and they thought that it was really loud, and they said, where did it hit? I said, about three feet in front of us, right on top of the nose. They said it sounded like it was back there because it was so loud. So the flight attendant who's getting off at the very, at the very end comes walking up, and he said, Eric, what happened? And I said, we got hit by lightning on the nose of the airplane. He said, it was so loud, I thought we got like blown up in the back by a bomb and he said I peed my pants <laughs> so every time we see each other he looks at me and he's, he says you remember that story don't you and I said I won't say anything I promise by lightning yeah I was struck by lightning what happened was uh, we were just finished digging a ditch in Via Catalina for the uh, drainage yeah, Catalina in uh, Chinandega on the road to uh, Honduras we just in Nicaragua. in Nicaragua and we just finished digging this ditch uh, basically to take uh, rainwater from the field above and sweep it away from the village and uh, we were running, we ran over to a, a, a makeshift hut we had built with like maybe like seven or eight pieces of tin and just some boards. And so we're standing under this and, you know, like in Nicaragua, the storms kick up pretty hard and pretty fast. So that apparently some of the tin came loose. So I grabbed up because there were like 30 people under the, under the little shed. And I grabbed the tin to keep it from flying off. Eventually what happened so was... Yeah, I was holding the tin to keep the the wind from blowing away to keep everybody getting wet, and uh, eventually, and there was lightning strikes everywhere. So.
So basically what happened was I'm holding the 10 down and there's lightning striking everywhere and there's so much static electricity in the air. Every time lightning hits, everybody gets a little jolt of electricity, but it's just a little snap like uh, like from a Bic lighter that with like electric starts. Yeah. Well, anybody who was like near the roof was getting sh- getting shocked. And what did it feel like? Just like a little tap of electricity. It wasn't anything. Hurt. No. And and in fact, we had a game going on between all the guys, like who could hold their hands closest to the tin without pulling back every time the lightning struck. So anyway, there was another guy, and this is when the story turns really crazy. There was another guy, and he only had one leg, and he had a prosthetic on the other leg. And uh, and this might have been what saved our lives: is that the prosthetic leg that he had, when the lightning struck the roof that I was holding on to. The lightning passed through me and jumped to him. Well, I feel like when it passed through you. Well, I don't really remember because it knocked me down on the ground. I'm just pretty much like, I don't remember anything except getting up. Well, I guess I was. And uh, what happened was, was that the lightning, because anybody, like, when you get struck by lightning, the most dangerous part is the connection between the legs of the ground. You have to have a closed circuit. Okay, so there was another guy. Right, okay, there was another guy with a prosthetic leg. And so the lightning hit the roof, and it came down through me because I was the closest object holding on to the tin. And then I was standing next to the guy with the prosthetic leg, and it jumped from from my chest, apparently, this is what everyone says, into him. Could they see it? Yeah, they, like, arced between us and then went into him. And the only reason that nobody, nobody got seriously injured is because when it went into him, it couldn't complete the circuit, like... It could only go into one leg, but it, I'm, from what I understand with electricity, like it has to ground so to in order to hor- in order to hurt you. So uh, the other leg obviously is plastic, so it couldn't ground, so he was safe. But it was it, plastic, not metal, like how they Yeah, them. it was just a plastic leg, wow. and uh, and so he got knocked down, and I got knocked down, and uh, basically I got up and I went over to one of the, my older friends. He's like 50 years old guy that's friends with our family and I said dude I just got struck by lightning you need to get everybody on the bus and uh, I got on the bus and my chest hurt so bad it was crazy but you had no lasting effects from it? no well maybe I don't know who knows (laughs) (laughs) voices all around saying that the time is now I was closing in but was it just imagining don't believe the lies you said you gotta keep your eyes open when it hits you you will know now this next story isn't about lightning but it's in the same theme because i don't know if you've been listening to the song at all that goes in this episode and the song it's talking about when lightning strikes it's more like when something exciting happens something amazing happens the coincidences of life and i got a couple of those stories in this episode because since i've been doing this podcast maybe it's just putting yourself out there i don't know but it seems like there's a lot more lightning strikes a lot more coincidences a lot more amazing things happening so this flight attendant, who I've flown with a few times, not that often, her husband found my show somehow on the internet and tells his wife, who's a flight attendant, you know, you should listen to this. And like most women were busy. She was like, well, I don't know. And listen, he's like, here, listen. So she puts iPod on. She starts listening and she realizes, hey, I know that girl. 
So when I see her, she's like, oh, my God, you know, my husband wanted me to listen to this thing. And then I realized it was you. And so since then, she's been so great. She takes her iPod and she's always introducing people to Betty in the Sky with a suitcase. And she had just met this pilot. We had him listen to a little bit of the show. And then I happened to fly with them like two days later. And what's amazing about that is normally when I approach crew members to get stories, I have to explain what a podcast is, you know, what I do, who I am. And it's really nice for someone to be already prepared. You already knew, you know, had the whole concept. And then this is his story. All right, this is my story. Okay. I'd just been introduced to uh, the Betty iPod stories the day before. That was a hilarious concept, and, and I couldn't imagine how I, that I would ever have a story that I could possibly tell that you would like. So we're down in, I think it's uh, West Palm Beach. I'm on a, my uh, OE for operating initial operating experience on the 757, and I go out to my first official walk around, outside walk around by myself without adult supervision. And I get out to the back of the aircraft, and there's the Andy Gump guy, downloading the flight from the previous flight and he's all excited and he's jumping up and down on the back of his truck and he's pointing at my hip where my cell phone is and he's yelling in something in Spanish and I can't understand him and I said and I asked him do you need a cell phone and he says no 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 cell phone cell phone cell phone and he's pointing up at the top of the, uh, at the bottom of the airplane so I look up in there and up where the Andy Gump was connected and downloading the waste there is a cell phone. I don't even phone. know what you were saying by anti Blue fluid. The blue fluid. The toilet. I didn't know you called that. There is a pink, a hot pink cell phone wedged into this thing. Like a razor? Well, it could have been a razor, and it was in the open position as if it had been being used. Yes, it's right. And it... And we couldn't get it to go up, we couldn't get it to go down, and now the aircraft can't go anywhere because we can't seal this thing back up. So I run back up to the uh, flight station to call for... Give me a glove. (laughs) I run back up to the flight station to call maintenance because I can see this is going to cause a delay. And uh, my line check airman's up there and I said, hey, you're not going to believe this story. Trish is there. She comes running up and she says, Wait a minute, don't tell it yet because it might be a Betty story. <laughs> so I go to start telling it and she's all, oh, that was such a story. Long story short, we get we get the phone out. We How made, did you get the phone out? Who got the phone out? They had a, we had to call Atlanta. Atlanta called for contract maintenance. The guy comes out, briefs the captain that he's going to extract it, doesn't tell him how or who's going to do it. He comes back up. He's perfectly clean. He's filling out the book, logbook, saying uh, uh, log, log object removed, completed. I look out the window, and there is a person covered in blue fluid and storming off the ramp. So I figured that this is the guy who removed the phone. And long story short, we, we got to push back on time, and now I have my Betty story. What did you do with the phone? I don't know. I imagine it got thrown away. I'm, all I can think is somebody was in the restroom using it when they weren't supposed to be, lost control of it, and down it went and never reported it missing until we, <laughs> until we extracted it. Down. And another note to that 
things can be amazing, lightning strikes. I get a lot of emails from a lot of people, and I do apologize to people who email me. I know it takes me a long time, usually a month, month and a half, two months to get back to people, and I'm sorry, there's just a lot of emails. But every once in a while, one of them really sticks out, just like in the subject. And I got one from a listener who happened to be someone I dated in college. Would you believe that he happened to find my show and recognized my voice. And we did. We dated a few times in college. But the fact that he found the show, he recognized my voice, it's just amazing. It's just like another lightning strike. Now let's get back to the real lightning. You will know that lightning strikes once in a lifetime for you. Once in a lifetime for you. My experience was in the uh, Air Force when I was flying the F-4, and at the time I was a dark toe. I was a dark toe. Now, in the Air Force, as a young lieutenant, there's certain jobs certain guys won't do, and I wanted to do anything for flight time, so I volunteered for a dark toe duty. And, and what that is is for the aerial gunnery. It, it, it's towing an aerial gunnery target, so you're you're gonna take off with something hooked to the wing that you're going to deploy on about a thousand foot of cable that other guys are going to come in and shoot 20 so, millimeter cannons on. So you're basically the, you're connected to the target. Yeah, and guys are going to come in with live rounds and shoot at me. Well, no wonder people don't want that. Well, so I, I was a nuts lieutenant who just decided he wanted to do anything to fly. Well... The bad part about it being a dart show is they generally take the aircraft that's not fully mission capable and has some problems that is okay to fly, but you wouldn't want to run a normal sortie with. And in my case, this one didn't have a radar that was operational. So we were over the, the gunnery ranges over the shore in North Carolina, out over the water where the bullets won't rain down on the people. That's out over the Atlantic. Generally, you take off, you wait until you're not over a populated area, and then you deploy this dart. It's a 38-foot-long arrow. It's actually an arrow. We deployed the dart just as we were hitting a cloud layer, and it it deployed very nicely a 1,000 feet back. But because we didn't have a radar, we didn't realize we ran into a thunderstorm. Not knowing a lot about electricity or whatever doesn't really matter. You need to know that a thousand-foot metal cable connected to a metal thirty-eight-foot flying through a thunderstorm really increases the possibility of of lightning strike. Well, if we'd gotten a flash, if we'd gotten a rumble before we went into the clouds, we probably would have altered course, but. As a case, in this case, this storm had just decided to develop as I hit it. Well, as we're pressing into this storm, the only thing I see out of the front of the dash is a, what some people refer to as ball lightning. It is, it's, it just looks like a softball heading toward your aircraft, and it's, it's like science fiction. It's like science fiction. It's just this glowing thing coming at you like a star. 
and I'll try to change the verbiage I used. What the heck was that out in front of us? We're in my back seater. In an F4, we have a pilot and a navigator in the back. He leans forward and looks forward and says, What the freak is that? In the, in the half a second it took for us to try to figure out what could be in front of us glowing, um, static electricity caused all the hair on our arms and our flight suits and everything in the cockpit to become charged. Now, in the list of good and bad things, that probably goes right into the bad thing category where you're going, why all of a sudden am I looking like one of those bad stories where the hairs are sticking straight up? And just before the thing hit my nose, uh, every warning light in the cockpit, fire bell, anything that either made noise or told you you were going to die, illuminated and sounded simultaneously. Well, one loud crack, probably the loudest crack I've ever heard in my life, and people tell you you don't hear lightning in the air. In this case, I did. And I wasn't certain it hit the airplane, but the view from the cockpit was... Uh, the best visual picture I could give you would be to be... If you're inside a bottle that was smashed but maintained its shape. That kind of cracked looking. Everywhere you look, there's lightning going in every different direction, connecting, forming shapes. And it... From the nose of the aircraft to the back of the aircraft, and every, of course, every warning light, and every board, and my intercom is out, but my backseaters dropped his mask, and all I can hear is screaming is, "Get us out of here!" In in words to that effect. <laughs> well, as the lights went back out, and I was relatively certain both of my engines were operating, and that the aircraft was in a flyable state I felt the only maneuver I could do to successfully leave the thunderstorm in a, an expeditious manner would be to roll inverted and pull for the ocean which probably that's exactly what I did I, I simply just rolled upside down and pointed the nose of the aircraft straight down or what I believed to be straight down because I no longer had any reference outside the aircraft being in a cloud being blinded by the lightning and the gauge is still kind of wobbly. Is your target still tailing behind you? Well, interesting question. You, <laughs> the the target behind us has a, a 3G limit. Anytime you go more than a G being the force of gravity. If you exceed, I think it was actually 4Gs that the wings that were made out of plywood would tend to snap. And being the last dart toe available, that was not actually any concern of mine at the time and what happened to the dart was a nil consequence but as I'm pointing straight down the back seater uh, Mike was screaming cut the dart cut the dart cut the dart cut the <laughs> you get the impression well as we come out of through about 10,000 feet now we have to be very concerned about because we're going very fast at this point with no reference to the ground, through about 10,000 feet, you, you need to start thinking about the impacting the Earth. Yes. So I, I start applying a 
reasonable amount, about six and a half G's on the aircraft to avoid hitting the... We pop out of the bottom of the storm just off the uh, shaft of rain, so we're in clear air, fortunately, not in the, the shaft that comes out of a thunderstorm. And we're in clear air, and the airplane's responding, and all the gauges and lights are starting to work normally, and our breathing is almost coming back from the marathon level. We start discussing, you know, he's, he's concerned, is the airplane working? I'm moving the engine's throttle. Everything's working, and now on the frequency, all the guys are going, where are you, where are you? Because I told them that was about two minutes away, and now all of a sudden I've done this Yahoo maneuver. I've been out of radio communications and all that. So we, uh, <laughs> we maneuver the aircraft to see if the dart show is back there. And in fact, the maneuvering has created the wings to fall completely off of the dart. It's totally gone. And, but we're now in the airspace where the guys are orbiting, waiting to shoot on something. I asked them to come in and make sure the tank hasn't been blown off or a wingtip or something behind us that we can't really see. And they, nobody can see any burn marks or anything missing from my aircraft. So I said, well, we're going to cut the cable and head back. And one of the guys says, well, you know, we can still... At the end of the dart show was a about an 8-inch diagonal that was basically a radar reflector so that the, the aircraft had a radar that would lock on and give ranging so they could... It was basically the gun sight would be more accurate. I can see the 8-inch square on the back of the pipe. Can we shoot on that? I figured, what the heck? So, <laughs> so I went into the orbit, and everybody came in shooting at the uh, pipe instead of the 8-foot diameter. And actually, a couple guys hit it. So, But that you asked about lightning, and that's the closest. That was like an exciting day at work. It was one of the, one of the, one of the days I remember very well. One of the days I remember. Now, at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned that I had a bombshell announcement. Well, a personal bombshell announcement, but actually it has to do in a way with all of you. And thanks to all of you. I actually, as of yesterday, signed a contract for a book deal. So there's going to be a Betty in the Sky with a suitcase book. <laughs> Who would have thought in a million years, I would have a book deal. It's so exciting. And, it, and it's, it's, all because of the podcast, all because of the people listening to the podcast, people who told other people to listen to the podcast. It's it's just thrilling for me personally. And um, I never thought, well, I guess you just never know where things are going to take you. I wasn't thinking book deal. Um, people over the past year that I've been doing the podcast have been sort of like, why are you doing this? You know, you don't get paid. It's sort of like a little second job that is sort of time consuming. And you don't make any money. <laughs> and I always explained, well, it's because of the goodwill. I get all these good emails. People seem to really like the show. You know, it sort of takes on a, a life of its own. And now look, 
because of the podcast, it has provided a new opportunity. And it's amazing to me how powerful the internet is. It's basically almost like a force of nature in its own right, like the lightning strikes. You know, it's just, um, actually, I have another cute little funny lightning strike story that has to do with the book deal. When uh, they first approached me, uh, the publisher, which is amazing in itself. I don't think many people get approached from the publisher. You know, it's usually the other way around. So that was really exciting. And um, they sent me a sample contract. And immediately, I started getting a lot of advice from friends and family. And most of it, it's interesting how things immediately somehow seem to go to the negative aspect. They're all like, oh, you need to get a lawyer, you need to get an agent, they're probably trying to take advantage of you. And I wasn't getting that feeling at all. <laughs> so I didn't want to get a lawyer. I didn't, I didn't want to get an agent. I, 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 but I also didn't, I don't know anything about publishing or literary contracts or anything like that. So I was sort of in a quandary, really feeling out of my element, you know, any, I don't know anything about it. So what I wanted to do on the aircraft was get on the PA and say, ladies and gentlemen, if there's a lawyer on board, could you please ring your flight attendant call button? <laughs> Because you know there's lots of lawyers on board, and you know they have nothing else to do for the next four hours. But I didn't do that, of course. But I was telling that story to these two gentlemen who were sitting across from my jump seat as I was taking off on a long flight, like four-hour flight. And I said, so are either of you a lawyer? And they said, no. And I said, well, what do you do? And the one gentleman said, well, I'm an author. <laughs> and I was like... <sighs> Holy cow, that's perfect. So he was so nice. And if Dave, if you happen to be listening out there, thank you so much. This nice man, you know, what are the chances that exactly what I needed at that moment is sitting right across from me? He went through the contract line by line and explained actually how I felt that, you know, they weren't trying to take advantage of me. It was a straightforward book deal contract and he went over it line by line on the flight and told me, you know, maybe you should ask for this or, you know, basically he was just so generous and it was so amazing and it, and it was like another lightning strike. And since I've been doing the podcast, it seems like there has, I've had a lot of good luck, a lot of amazing things happening. And I think it's just part of putting yourself out there. And I'm so glad that I have, and I'm so glad that every single one of you has listened and helped bring it to this point. So what I'm going to end this episode with is in the song that's been going on on. It's talking about lightning strikes once in a lifetime. Well, I hope that good lightning strikes more than once in a lifetime for all of you. And thank you very much for listening. I hope you'll join me again next time for Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase so we can travel the world together. Bye. <laughs>